and you're live. Hello, all guys and gals and all non-binary pals, and welcome back to Radio Free Will's Twitch channel for Call of the Deep, a D&D campaign. I will be your dungeon master and your host with the most, Mikey, a.k.a. Pop Culture Geek, all over the social medias. We are down a wild magic sorcerer, Kiltman42. He had to take care of something, but he will sends his love in regards to the internet land, and we'll be back for our next session. But for everyone else, thank you guys for being here, and tonight should be a lot of fun. So before we get started, I would like to introduce my character. Not my characters, my players. There we go. That's the right word. I meant to say that. But yeah, we'll start off with you, Will. <laughs> Hi, my name is Radio Free Will. I am playing Endymion, the reborn barbarian. Very nice. Jace. I'm playing Pydex, the dragonborn with the gem background. Heritage, something, lineage, whatever. Where's the stuff today? Know your characters, bruh. <laughs> You'll get used to it, I promise, maybe. It only took me a few... It took me ten sessions to finally get my characters down. We're, you'll be fine. <laughs> Alrighty. Speaking of great characters, John, you're next. I am John, and uh, I am playing Human Being, the Simic Hybrid Druid, who is hopefully hanging on for dear life. Excellent. Alright, so we've established this. So on this stream, there are three mics, so... This is going to be interesting. So we're going to start with Jace's Mike C. You're next. <laughs> and I will be playing uh, Darwin, the uh, Dwarven Cleric, the jolly Dwarven Cleric that just wants to help out and get everybody to get along. Oh, I have something planned for you tonight. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and finally, Amador. Trauma <laughs> incoming. It's not ominous at all. <laughs> It is foreboding. It's not almost. drama, I promise. Anyways, I'm Michael, also, or Amador. I am playing the lovely Corvus, who is the goblin fighter for tonight. Yes. No, John. I don't have something planned. What are you talking about? <laughs> Miles and DM. Alrighty. <laughs> yeah, and then once again, my name is Mikey. I am Dungeon Master, all the other NPCs and bringer of joy and tears but yeah one other thing that i have to do before we start the stream proper tonight is for those of you watching tonight there is a bit of a heavy topic that is going to be addressed tonight through one of the characters side stories it has to do with human trafficking i have done my best to try to treat this side story with the utmost respect but just to give a fair trigger warning to the players and for those of you watching, if this is something that hits too close to home, then feel free to exit out. But there is your warning. Oh boy. Now that I say it out loud, I'm a little bit nervous, but I think I will be okay. All right. So let us begin with a quick recap. So our bunch of misfits ended up coming together at the local Salt Lake Tavern. Uh, Mike, or if yes. I may for a second, everybody that is uh, hanging out and watching right now, ignore everything that you're about to see on the screen. This was something that I meant to do earlier, but lost track of time arguing with racists on TikTok. Just pay no attention to anything that's happening on the screen. Just listen to the dulcet tones of our beloved DM. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Where was I? Oh, yes. Recap. 
So our lovely bunch of misfits, our party, they ended up coming together in Neverwinter at the Salt Lake Tavern in one way or another, where they proceeded to board the Voyager, a giant ship that happens to be the main vessel for Lord Neverember, the person in charge of Neverwinter. Upon boarding the ship, they were met by Captain Graysail, a female human captain of the ship, and gave the rundown as to the job that these adventurers will be running, which is to answer a distress call from King Red Axe on the island nation of Gunderland in the Sea of Swords. As some of our group got their sea legs properly, others not so much. A particular gem dragonborn doesn't like the sea, apparently. <laughs> he'll get his sea legs properly. I, maybe. As soon as we <laughs> land, he'll get his sea legs. <laughs> exactly. But upon being broken up into teams under the officers of Captain Graysail's ship and doing their duties, they were suddenly attacked by a pirate ship, a one Captain Callisane, whose heritage belongs to Asmodeus. And in an epic fight, you guys impressed me with being able to hold your own. We did, we did have one <laughs> character go. Most of you. <laughs> so everyone left the fight pretty much okay, with the exception of Endivian, who through hellish rebuke went down, but in return had a lucid dream moment before being brought back to reality through Hugh, Hugh hewing our barbarian. And upon so retreat, I, I hewed the barbarian. You hewed the barbarian. We're making that the now. You hewed him. <laughs> but upon coming back to the mortal plane, you guys will pick right. Will pick right back up after the ship had Captain Callus and his crew dispersed into the distance. And not to mention that Captain Graysell took the other two pirates down below and to lock them up in the brig. So that is where we're going to pick up. So you do have a couple of dead bodies of Captain Callus's pirates on the ship. So, I didn't give you guys a chance to do this, but does anyone want to loot any of the bodies? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to check on Endymion because I did make him go down. You made him. Okay, so here's what we'll do first. We'll take care of the loot, and then we'll get to that. So, for those of you looting the bodies, roll 2d4 for me, please. And whatever number you get from the 2d4 is how much gold you find on these dead pirates. I need another one. You didn't think you would need the D4 today, huh? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Yes. Good. I have a two and a three, so together five. Uh, nice. Two twos. I got a four. Nice. Ooh. All right, make sure you... Nice. Make sure you guys write this down because I can only keep track of so much. You were in charge of your own monetary game. All right, so now that's done. So, Tidak, you said you wanted to check on Endymion? Yes, no, maybe? Yes, that's what he said. Okay. I see a yes, I don't hear a yes, but... Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> do we find anything else cool other than just gold on those pirates while we're waiting? Yeah, do you I have mean, any weapons? Or... So, as you loot the bodies, besides the gold, you also <clears throat> find standard rapiers and short swords. The norm. Nothing too special. We pry the docking hooks out of the side of our ship. Yeah, that would be. Because we cut idea. all the all the wires, like all the lines were cut, so we still have the docking clamps. <laughs> oh, true. Maybe they make good decoration. That's a feng shui or kind of thing. 
Can you hear me now? Okay, cool. Ballast. Yes, we can hear you now. Alrighty. Right. So yeah, so uh, you go up and check with Endymion, and the floor is yours. Hey, Endymion. I, I just wanted to just want to make sure you're all right from earlier. <laughs> Stop moving. Are you, are you all right? Yeah, a bit worse, but don't worry about me too much. Just like I said before, stare at the deck. You'll be fine. Something solid, something that's not going to move. No waves, no horizon, no nothing like that. I love it. You're just staring out at the horizon. Oh, I said the window. Oh, you're on deck. Yeah. <laughs> the entire window is open. If you think it's about the entire it, win- it's a giant window. I'm staring something. That <laughs> way. And we're turning. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you stare at your own two feet. Yep, that is true. Or the dogs. Doggos! <laughs> this is one hell of a ship we're on. It's, it's a ship of dogs. <laughs> dog ship? No spoilers. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're on Voyager. Are they called Neelix? Get out. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> oh, boy. It's at this particular moment Captain Graysail comes back up, looks at the rest of you, assesses the situation a little bit, Walks a little bit closer. Well, that was definitely something that I was not expecting. But it seems that you guys can handle yourself in a fight. Anything good that you found on these pirates? A couple of swords. (laughs) He pulled up all the swords. A little money. Doesn't hurt. (laughs) And I kind of chingle a little bit of coins that they have. If I may pause the action one more time, just to show off the lovely work artwork as commissioned by who's the artist that did this again, Mikey? So on Etsy, her artist name is Thymecraft. So she did lovely PC artwork. She worked really well. She pretty much took what we wanted and just threw everything together. She's very lovely, very easy to work with. I definitely recommend for the, you, those of you looking for PC artwork to definitely look up her on Etsy. So it's Thymecraft on Etsy. And she was Etsy. properly compensated. Yep. These are things your that you're supposed to do. You pay your artists. Because if, it, if it was left to my ass, you, all have, you, you would all have stick figures. That's about the... <laughs> Well, that, that's because we would have to draw them ourselves. Exactly. It's like I would have gone with like an oblong or something. Which, which one are you? I'm the stick figure with the big fuck off axe. I have lots of triangles around me because I couldn't draw polygon. I just have a stick. It's like Charlie Brown, I have a rock. Yeah. It wouldn't even be a body. It's just a circle. That's me. But yes, moral of the story, kids. Make sure you compensate. Your artists, they, this is what they, especially for those that do this for a living, they work very hard, and I'm very happy with how it turned out. So, Thymecraft did awesome. <laughs> 10 out of 10, round of applause, round of applause. Definitely going to use her in the future again. <laughs> and by use, you mean compensate dearly. Yes. Dearly. Yes. Alrighty. <clears throat> Swords. So, Captain Graysail just walks over towards E. Hugh inspects the swords not much I don't have a particular fondness for any of this weaponry but you could possibly use this to trade for something more valuable once we get to Gunderland I hear that their marketplace is where you find all kinds of things down there 
So who knows? It might fetch a hefty price or it might trade it for something more valuable. And as for the gold, you guys can keep it. That's good to know, because I wasn't going to give it to you. Sorry, Captain. Yeah, I figured as much, but you defended the ship when you didn't have to. So, yeah, just think of it as reward for defending the Voyager. As compensation. There we go. <laughs> Putting real world lessons into our D&D games. Compensation. You know. Compensate your artists, including your martial artists. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right then. Captain Graysell says, as for our two guests, they're going to be staying in the brig for a little bit. I'm planning on talking to them tomorrow, seeing if I can learn anything about why they decided to go after a ship, and as well as other means. Did and we, look, did we end that? up getting the pirate captain or just two random mooks? Just two mooks. All right. He, he misty stepped back over to the ship before we could get him. We That's almost, right. yep. we almost had him. I should have set Even, his house on well, fire. You set his house on fire. You shot his sail and it burned up. <laughs> I should have shot him more. One more good shot would have got him, man. Come on. To be fair, you guys easily would have taken him, but I was just like, nope. As Captain Graysell gives what she plans to do. She kind of finishes her speech. Says, it's getting a little late, and I'm sure for some of you, it's it took a lot out of you. So get some rest, and I'll see you in the morning. And kind of as she, be, as you guys make your way down below deck, Captain Graysell stops you, Endymion, and just looks at you and says, Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Like I told uh, Tidak. I've been worse. I had worse done. Right. I'm glad that you're okay. I wouldn't want to lose anyone on this voyage, if any at all possible. Yeah. High seas, you're gonna run into it. True. And as she begins to turn back around, she looks over her shoulder and says to you, Endymion, the sea is a very mysterious being. Sometimes it provides the answers that we're looking for without our knowledge. And she says, my mother used to tell me that a lot growing up. I don't know why, but I feel that it works here in this case. And with that, she continues walking. <laughs> Hugh will walk over to Endymion and just <laughs> put a hand on him and said, It's good to have you back on your feet. I'm sorry that you took so much in the battle. Are you all right? I'm sorry, the Werner Herzog voice now paired with the art is just too good. Why is everybody worrying about me? I'm back on my feet. I'm fine. It's, it's not a very nice thing to lose yourself, especially when you are trying to do something good. And we all just care a lot to have our, us all be whole on our entire trip. Just know that the sea respects you and brings you back. <laughs> Why is everybody on this boat talking about the sh about the sea like it's it can hear us? Because it can. Its ears are everywhere, and water conducts sound very well. At that point, I'm gonna look overboard and just go, "Hey!" All right. I'll, I'll leave you before. And just and look back. What can I say? I like tempting fate. Do you feel, do you feel I, better? Much. You can walk away. Oh my gosh. I love this so much already. <laughs> it's fucking huge. 
gonna come back to haunt us. The ocean's gonna get you. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> it's all in Demian's fault. Yep. Be like, dang it, you guys. <laughs> all right. Like eight, so... eight, eight more sessions later, all we're gonna have is this one one NPC just go. You told me to fuck me. Why like, do you think? Why do you think there are so many tentacles in the deep? Ah, uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> oh boy. All right. So yeah, mm. if you're still currently on the deck, so if what do you want to do now? <laughs> oh, you know what? With setting all that stuff up, I forgot to open my character sheet. Give me a second. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to. I'm the one man in the stream over here. All right, give me a minute. You're busy. I'm not <laughs> saying. <laughs> I'm trying to empathize with you, man. All right, let me see. Okay, what time of day is it? Let's see. So, Captain Graysell says it's getting late. So, I will say that it was about... If we're using a 24-hour cycle, because that's what I'm using. We'll say that the pirate attack happened at, say, towards between 8 and 9 p.m. So, oh, currently, wow. it's 9.30, if you will. Right. 10, if you want to push it. Um... I'm honestly, I'm gonna walk up to the captain and just say, uh, Captain, permission to, uh, permission to call it a night. Captain Graysell just nods. Uh, permission granted, Endymion. And get some rest. <laughs> I'm gonna Thank need you, you for the rest of this journey. <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna find whatever bunk or hammock or whatever my designated sleeping area is. So yeah, so this goes for everyone too. The Voyager, since it is the main ship of Lord Never Remember, this thing is decked out, so each of you have your own room. So holy shit! Okay, fine. My own room? Can't wait to hide trash in on there. a ship like this. <laughs> Are the skies red? No. Hmm. The skies no. at night, sailors delight. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> red skies in the morning, sailors take warning. Oh. Yeah. oh, writing that down uh, for future. <laughs> this is good. Keep going. <laughs> There's a whole color scheme for this. <laughs> Scribbled in new, new BBEG for us. You are now fighting the sky. <laughs> oh, and we thought funny. the ocean was going to fuck us. I was going to say, after I told the ocean to go fuck itself. That's it. I'm telling my dad. And it goes up to space. <laughs> Lovely. All right. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So. All of you make your way to your rooms. Just for the giggles, I need to know, how does each person's nightly routine go? <laughs> so let's start with, let's start with Endymion. <laughs> it, it, what routine? He takes off his coat and conks out and wear in on his bed. And you're just like... <laughs> just, like, seriously, okay. So Endymion's, if he has an entire room to himself... He has all of his earthly possessions in that room, which is to say he has a backpack in which there's like a single change of clothes. He has his axe, a couple of harpoons, and that's really about it. Like, this guy, the only reason he's like working is because he realizes that inns need places to, inns need money. And that's where he's been living the past six weeks. So, like, he doesn't even have much in the way of worldly possessions. Alrighty. Excuse me. He, there is one... There is one... He does have one thing that's not a typical thing. And that is... A... Glass bottle. With the word... Endymion etched on it. I see. 
Gotcha. Making a note of that. Good. Give this gives me things to use. <laughs> Happy to. Alrighty. Tidak, what does your nightly routine look like? So since he's not there long, he has just his bag next to the bed. And he pulls his glaive that he was give that his master gave him, puts it on his lap and starts maintaining and cleaning that. Getting the gunk off it from the from the fight today, and he keeps brushing over the hilt or the guard, and staring at it, remembering his master, and then finishes it up and then goes to bed. Oh, oh boy, yeah, <laughs> my heart. And then he barfs. The ocean is just like, hey, why'd you do that? <laughs> Be like, ew. <laughs> A further right. fuck you to the ocean. <laughs> Dang. Hold up, let me see if the ocean gets mad. Ah. Oh, thank you for the fuck. Can't be that, man. We got a new follower out of it. Liz, <laughs> what's up, girl? <laughs> Love her. All right. This is... I can't wait to hear this. Hugh, what does your nightly routine look like? Hugh usually will put his pack down. He will stand in the middle of his room. Try to find the lowest spot, because he's not near the water itself but unless there's no is there a porthole in this room i think there is right yeah so he, he opens the porthole and he concentrates with his focus and just tries to clear his mind to see if he can hear the waves hear the language of the ocean as it's putting him to sleep and right before he does he takes out his his saber makes a small cut across his palm Sticks his hand out the window, and three drops of his blood out to the ocean. Comes back in, wraps the wound, sits down, and lets himself listen to the ocean and just let it put him into slumber. Oh my gosh. That's actually really cool. I like that. <laughs> Very ritualistic. Go figure. <laughs> All that sensei. And, and then, the, uh, then the ocean yells back, why are you yell whispering? I, I can hear you. <laughs> like throws the blood back. Be like, I don't want this. <laughs> you call this an appetizer? <laughs> it's raw. <laughs> oh no. The ocean turns into Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> That's it. Gordon Ramsay is the god of the ocean in this campaign. It's officially canon. <laughs> canon. Oh, <laughs> Write that down in your notes. <laughs> you stupid sushi. <laughs> this fish is so... <laughs> what is it? This calamari is so raw, I can still hear it yelling at Spongebob! <laughs> uh, no. We have fun here. <laughs> yeah, we're great people. <laughs> Alright. So I'm gonna come back to you, Daryl, but Corvus, how is your night... How is Corvus's nightly routine? Corvus's uh, nightly routine is a little simple. The first thing he does is he goes to what the ship's equivalent of a refrigerator or where they hide all the food. You then the galley? that thing. Yeah, the <laughs> galley. Oh or what, no. Or what he's like, <laughs> how could you just take all that food? You don't even live here. He's just like Day. Okay. Hello? Hello? Oh, out for a second. There you go. <laughs> it's Welcome all back. good. Be like, rage quit. <laughs> he's like, I had it. This isn't even a soup. <laughs> 
All right, so you're making your way to the galley, Corvus. I'm going to the galley, and I'm just gonna. And what Corvus is gonna do is he's just gonna grab like potatoes and some salted meats and carrots, just a bunch of root vegetables, and he's just gonna start making a stew. His nightly ritual consists of having a really big bowl of stew so that when he goes to bed, he's in a food coma. Please say you have a room next to the dragon and you're just eating loudly the entire time, just making oh. very loud food noises. Lip oh. smacking. So all Tidak hears is... And the like, occasionally loud burp, you're like, you take a double take whoever's next to my room. Double takes is like, did that really come out of that goblin? Oh my gosh. But after he's done cooking and serving himself, he does go back to his room a big whistly eats loudly and then he doesn't even uh, really sleep on the bed he takes his sheets and blankets off the bed with the pillows and throws them on the floor like a pile and just sleeps on the pile he makes a little pallet for himself yeah like a rat's nest Dang. reminds him of home he's on the sea oh my goodness I love that alright so now finally Darlin, how do you do your nightly routine? So I gather my various texts, religious texts, and read by candlelight. And I remember I have this uh, pamphlet that I got from my friend Hugh that uh, is oddly damp. So I tried to gingerly flip through it without tearing any of the pages and learn a little bit more about Hugh's patron. Very <laughs> be like when you say pamphlet i'm just imagining see okay so a little bit of a disclaimer as someone who grew up in the catholic church like i know the pamphlets that you give out to like new people of the parish and things like that the bible tracks so i'm just imagining that's what it is and daryl is just like on the front it just says have you heard of our lord and savior dagon yep (laughs) it's like open it up to read more to find out Will's Embrace like Embrace too... the ocean and turn to the next page. Will's like too real. <laughs> Has like little kitty facts so kids are still interested. It's like <laughs> zooplankton photosynthesize. <laughs> Dagon does this. Did you know if you worship Dagon, you'll be ever at a pool party for the rest of eternity? <laughs> we have to establish this party. because there are Bible tracks for kids, so Hugh... Um, you get to make this decision. Did you give Darlin a one for a regular doll or one that's geared towards the kids? <laughs> I gave him both because he was very interested. I wanted to see him compare and contrast. The kids one is actually weirdly thicker because of all the illustrations versus the one that you give out to adults, which is a little bit thinner. That's true. <laughs> Remember to give him the crowns for the coloring pages in the back. Hold on, I gotta see if there's something here because I drew the illustrations. How good were they? Hold on. I wanna see how good these will be. Do it. Is, yeah, it's a 15 for a performance roll. That's not bad. No, no they're not bad. They're not, not great. Bad. They're not bad. They're pretty decent. For being wet all the time? <laughs> they're, they're not great. wet all the time. They're fine. <laughs> they dried out. He had them out for a little while. I gave them when they were wet, yes, but... It wasn't like putting it on like a clothespin and a little line to dry no, no, it. I'm not saying they're not damp and probably moldy, but still... Do they get I like a better set? You have wet things in your inventory. I have a wet bag. Books like to be. 
<laughs> no. The carrying bag is usually wet. <laughs> Isn't yours? Weird. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, so as you are comparing and contrasting being the studious uh, person that you are, Darlin, you notice that off in your pile of books, do you see a faint glow coming from one of them? That's totally normal. Books glow mm-hmm. all the time. For him, it casting is. light on this book. <laughs> so, are you gonna go? So you're investigating it. <laughs> book's all right. Glowing. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not that. I'm like captivated by it for a second. Like, but what is going on with this? And just start flipping through the pages, <laughs> and I don't remember getting this book at all. What? what? <laughs> all righty. So as you open the book, <laughs> at first, as you're turning the pages, you see that while the book is still glowing there isn't necessarily written in it until you keep turning the pages and then you start to notice that there are lines begin to draw themselves onto the page in front of you and after a few moments so the best way i could describe it is if you've seen the movie moana uh, maui's tattoo is like on his body but it's animated so it doesn't necessarily talk but you can understand it that's essentially what this is. It is a drawing within this book. It doesn't necessarily speak with words, but you have the ability to talk with it because in as you look at this figure and you're continuing to look at this page, the book magically continues to grow brighter and brighter until the light kind of just dissipates in your hand is the children's book that you picked up when you were little and that you've been carrying with you this whole entire time. And in fact, to be more specific, this children's book was where you met your special friend through the one who gave you your mission of that you're on. <laughs> I remember this. I haven't thought of this in years. That's what got me into my studies. As you say that, you see the lines come become a little bit clear. And you, for great intents or purposes, it is a stick figure, <laughs> but with like horribly drawn eyes and mouth, and it just waves at you as you say, "I remember this," and it gives the proverbial thumbs up. <laughs> hey there, little person. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, as you mentioned, "Hey, little person," it kind of waves back at you, and puts its stick figure <laughs> hand to its chin and with the movement of its arm starts to so everything is on this paper so just bear with me a quill appears in its hand and it begins to sketch out a lot of things it the first thing that it draws is a giant happy face and then it draws a crudely done sketch of you and like I said, this stick figure doesn't necessarily talk, but you're able to understand it in its drawing, saying that it's nice to see you again too, Darlin. And I know I, this book is familiar, and I just kind of, I just can't place it, and I just start inspecting the covers of the book to look for any kind of writing or kind of a lead as to what, if this was like a crowd's novelty that like I remember playing with, or if it's just something entirely new and bizarre to me. Alrighty. So, go ahead and make me an investigation check, please. 17. Perfect. So, as you move the book around and inspect it in your hands, 
you flip the book to the back and you swear that there was nothing there before but as you flip the book to the back and look in the lower right hand corner you see a name imprinted on the back of this book and as you take a further look the name says on it Tara Bellamar on it just puzzle over it and flip back to the stick figure and ask it who's Tara Bellamar that's name I can't quite place it so as you ask the little stick figure the question it began drawing again and this time it draws a picture of an island and as it continues to draw it just writes the word Gunderland underneath the picture of the island that's where we're going the stick figure just nods excitedly <laughs> is, is Tara on the island and once again the stick figure just nods excitedly and starts to clap its little hands <laughs> so Tara's a person or is Tara a place <laughs> the stick figure just draws another stick figure and just points to it to mean person. person. <laughs> okay. We're doing, um, wow, we're doing Pictionary, you guys. This is great. <laughs> Quality content here. Great. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> and, uh, okay, but I suppose I'll have to find this Terra Belmar person and see if it, it sparks a memory and maybe find out what, what, what she can tell me about it. Or... Alrighty. So with that, the stick figure just looks at you, weirdly smiles at you. The book begins to glow. And once the light kind of dissipates, it goes back to being a regular old book with its pages empty. What? Oh, okay. Alrighty. There's moleskin on it. Be like, you look at your arm and black spots start to appear. <laughs> no, I'm just Star kidding. That's a Star Trek gelatinous from the inside out. Slimy Dune <laughs> has a no spoilers <laughs> no alright so yeah so after that you continue to go back to looking at what you gave you and then decide to go to sleep and Dimian yes so you're within a deep sleep so as you are sleeping you begin to have a dream so within your dream Think of it as is that it's in first person, so you know that it's you, but it you if you look up, you can see your hands, but basically first person point of view. Sure. So as you are in this dream through first person, you find yourself on the deck of a ship, but it's not the one of the Voyager. In fact, as you look around, you take a look, and you notice that at the very top of the sail is a blue flag with a symbol of a broken kind of compass and an anchor kind of lodging through it. And as you're taking in your surroundings, you hear a cacophony of voices coming from behind you on the deck. I'm making Will have to write this down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, but That's okay. That's okay. I've mentioned before that... Note-taking is not my strong suit, but I will do my best. So, blue flag with a with, and broken on it is, with anchor and broken compass. As you take in that sight, you hear a cacophony of voices behind you. Voices. <laughs> Turn around, see what everybody's yelling at. 
Alrighty. So as you turn around, you see a group of people, but for whatever reason, most of their bodies, but when you try to take a look at their faces, it's shrouded in this sort of mist and haze. The best way I could describe it is it's if you have prosopagnosia, which is like face blindness. Sure. And so as you turn around to look at these figures, a very short looking person walks up to you and extends his hand and says, Indivian, why don't you join us? But who are you? That's a great one, Indivian. Come on, you know who we are. <laughs> um, I'll take their hand. All right. So as you take their hand, they lead you to the rest of these kind of misted faces. And have a seat, my friend. We just finished our latest mission, and now it's time to celebrate. Wait a Hold on. I'm lost. What do you mean? Wait, we were on a mission? I was in a... I was on a job. We were on a job, Endymion, but we completed it, so... You know how this goes. It's our ritual where every time we have a job well done, we celebrate for all the hard work everyone has put in. You're the one that helped helped me come up with this to lift morale for the crew of the Spitfire. Oh, yeah, of course. I remember. Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's let's do the... uh, Let's get it started then. Excellent. I'm glad you... I'm glad to see that you remembered. And at this point, this person who led you to the group struggles a little bit to get on the barrel as he is very tiny, but manages to get on top of it and then onto the table, lifts his mug, and at the top of his lung says, To the crew of the Spitfire, a job well done. And as he says that, once again, the whole entire group of these faceless beings You just hear a roarous applause and cheering as this person on the table is leading this toast. (laughs) I'll play along, raise a mug. Alrighty. And take a sip of whatever it is that's in the mug. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) So, as you take a swig of whatever it is in this mug, a kind of calming and warmth falls over you. Any apprehension that you had about what you're seeing before you just washes away a little bit and is replaced with a familiar feeling, a feeling of camaraderie and yeah, a feeling of camaraderie. All right. I'm still a little apprehensive about it, but uh, yeah, I'll play along for a bit. All righty. So as you continue to observe the scene in front of you, you start to see while you still can't recognize these faces, they, this group begins to party. You hear a couple people play some instruments. You see a few people start to dance around. And you're taking in the scene in a little bit. And the more that you observe, that apprehension starts to melt away a little bit. And even if for a brief moment, you think you feel a small smile start to crack up on your face. Yeah. And at- it's, it, this is a dream, so I'm just along for the ride, for the most part. <laughs> Excellent. So, as you continue to observe this scene, you notice a female figure make her way through this group 
of individuals. And in fact, as you look at this figure, you notice a couple of things. You notice that her appearance is a little bit different than everyone else's. She's in white robes outlined with a blue lining of the coat. You notice that her skin is somewhat pale, similar to yours. But the biggest thing is that as you look up to the face, you notice that her face is visible. And as you look at her, you just see a very pale woman with blue eyes in these ornate robes designed with waves at the bottom of it. She just looks at you and smiles and says, This is a gift. Keep going, and the pieces will fall back together. Wait, what piece? Like, wait, who are you? As you ask that question, she, this woman figure, walks up to you, <clears throat> takes her two fingers, puts it on your forehead, and says, In due time, my champion. And with that, the dream ends. What time is it as the dream ends? Is it still the middle of the night or? I will say that it is about five or six in the morning. <laughs> oh shit, I'm late. <laughs> Working on a ship? Yeah, no, it's. Why didn't I catch the whistle at four? So yeah, <laughs> alrighty. So yeah, so Indivia, do you make your way up deck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, up on the deck. Throw my jacket on. Apologize to the captain for oversleeping. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Captain, it won't happen again. I just, it's, I don't apologize to the Captain for oversleeping. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, Captain, it won't happen again. I just, it's, I don't sorry. Captain Graysell kind of puts her hand on your shoulder and says, It's okay, Endymion. Well, yesterday was a lot. Not too many people get to reach death's door. And come back from it. Our dogs. Uh, <laughs> and Timmy's just gonna want to tell me about it. But I'm glad to see you up and about, my friend. Shall we get the day started then? Yeah, yeah. Where do you need me? I think I'll have you. I think I'll have you. Just you today. I'll have you go ahead and work with store, and kind of just make sure the sales are good to go, and everything is tip-top shape up here on deck. Alrighty. So with that, Captain Graysail kind of lets you be, and you head up with Store, very hulking-like specimen of a person. And it's like, alrighty then. Shall we get today started, my friend? Yeah, yeah, what do you need me to do? I was thinking you can help me with these sales, but yeah, let's just start with that and... We'll see what the rest of the day includes. Uh, Alrighty. So I'm going to get started on, what, unfurling the sails? Getting those tied off? Yeah. Huh. Alrighty. So, as you begin to do that, the rest of you guys go to your responsibilities. So, Endymion and Colt, you guys are doing things on deck. Tidak and Corvus, you guys are meeting with Q, and he's you're helping him make sure that the... Ch- course that you're charting is the best one possible kind of taking looking at a map seeing how far you have to go and then Darlin and Hugh you guys are working with Chandri making sure that everything below deck as far as supplies goes medicine things like that and just 
doing that. So, at this point, it, I will say it's about mid-afternoon, probably like two or three in the afternoon, and you guys are beat. What was that? <laughs> we got a late start. Yeah, but for the most part, you guys were able to do what needed to be done, despite the late start. And you guys are being treated on deck to a meal. Comes up with a big old pot. She sets it down on the deck and says, It's not a lot, but I hope this fills you up. And as she lifts the lid of the pot, inside you just see a very... Well, the first thing that hits you is the aroma of the food. You can smell the different spices and the different ingredients that went into this kind of... I want to say... The best way to describe it, it's like soup, but in the Hispanic culture, we it's called caldo, and it's made a little bit differently than ordinary soup. There's more veggies and meats in there than you would typically find in regular soup. And so Chandri is just, it's not a lot, but it is a hearty meal. Uh, I hope you enjoy. And then she begins to serve each of you guys uh, your meals. <laughs> oh, I should say, given that it's been enough time, it has been a long rest, <laughs> so... You guys d- can restore your stuff after the long rest. <laughs> oh. Cool, cool, cool. Alrighty. While you guys do that. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it tastes like nothing. Corvus stuff in his face. He's like, nothing. Give me another. Maybe it's different. Chandra <laughs> looks at you, puzzles. Uh, Alright, and gives you another bowl. He's just. Okay, maybe since everyone got their fill, it's a little lower. It's the bottom. It'll have all the good stuff. Maybe I'll taste it then. And he just leans into it, goes for it. Ah, uh, nothing. It's still nothing. Nothing at all. It's hopeless. So is Corvus the Dewey Cox of this universe? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I, no. Not well, even yeah. a little bit. I mean, he has a sense of smell. He just doesn't have a sense of taste. <laughs> it smells great, but uh, a little lack in there. Excellent. As you guys continue your meal, I need everyone to make me a perception check, please. Oh, good. Not a constitution check from eating the meal. She's trying to poison you. No, it's kidding. Or if you're in 3.5, a 42 save. Oh, Jesus, right. You said, a, a, what are we rolling? Perception. Perception. 25. Dang. Um, 18. I got... 13. That's 21. Alright, Jace, I didn't catch yours. What'd you get? One more time, please. Oh. Okay. 8. Got it. As you guys are eating your meals, off of... Out in the distance, as you're continuing to move through your course... You notice that there seems to be some sort of pillowing of smoke coming from what seems to be a small little island off in the distance. Will, remind me, Endymion has the sailor background? Uh, No, he has the haunted one background. (laughs) Ah, gotcha. Never mind. I think that Cold has the sailor background if it's any one of us. I think Colt has it. Dang it, and he's not here. <laughs> Actually, I-, I can make this work. As you guys Damn. are, <laughs> as you guys are looking at this pillowing smoke, Cold kind of pipes up and says, 
I do believe that there's smoke signal of some kind. And it seems to be a distress signal. Wow, that's wild. That, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. That, that's, not, that's nice. We're on a schedule. <laughs> very nice of you to understand what they're saying. Uh, uh, obviously, it's not our decision to where this boat goes. We are but passengers and, and crewmates. Mm-hmm. You might want to take this up with the captain if you're worried. And with that, Colt kind of goes to Captain Graysale, who's at the sh- wheel. As you guys are watching this conversation happen, you can't necessarily hear what they're saying, but you can tell by facial expressions that Captain Graysale looks at the smoke signal calls Q over to talk to him and then he promptly goes back down and at the top of her lo- at the top of her lungs Captain Graysale kind of announces to the crew we're making a minor pit stop prepare to board the island oh interesting the plot thickens one goal it's a trap hey could be worse uh, Captain, if I may, we did just fend off some pirates. It's entirely possible that uh, there's more of them there. That there's more of them there, and they're waiting for us. Maybe, but seeing as you guys were able to fend off the pirate attack, I'm not too worried about it. And indeed, if it is an actual distress signal, it would put my mind at ease to make sure that's what it is. Either way, I do believe that we should check it out. Hi, Captain. Alrighty. So, you guys, I mean, go ahead. I was saying, we, we'll go down below and make sure that the sick bay is ready for people as they may come in hurt. Alrighty. Chantry kind of looks at you, Hugh, and says, That is an excellent idea. I will assist you in that. And both of you make your way below deck. Cool. Alrighty. <laughs> so... As the Voyager gets closer to the island, the scenery is what you would traditionally find like in a tropical area. The water is very pristine and clear blue. There's lots of different palm trees, all kind of different flower life lining the edges of the island. And as you get closer, you notice a ship beached on said shore of island. Can I roll perception to see what kind of ship it is? Go for or it. Like, or like say uh, what it has, uh, what colors it's flying? Okay. I got a 17. Excellent. Alrighty. So, as you are taking a look at the ship Corvus, the first thing that you notice is that this type of ship, it's similar to ancient warships of China and Japan. So the way that it is made, it's more longer mm-hmm. than it is. And so think of it as just like a rectangle with kind of like tower-esque kind of minarets propping up on top of the deck. And oh. as you take a look at the flags that it's flying, the flag is bathed in this kind of dark orangey brown kind of color. And as you are taking a closer look at the symbol that is on the flag, the symbol is like a circular pattern with a couple of lines finishing the design. 
and it looks something like this. Sorry for those of you watching, I'm putting it in the chat so the players can see what that mark looks like on the flag. Looks like someone's surfing. Instant trauma. You'll see Tadek kind of go, no. Are no. you going to be sick again? You're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead. We need, we, we need to save them. We need to get on that boat. Luckily, yeah. the boat is on a beach. So it'll be pretty well, easy to get to. Yeah, and the captain's already ordered there, so. What do you mean? I, I was down below. What do you mean ordered us there? What happened? Captain said we got to get to the, we, we're taking the detour. We're going to the island to take care of whoever's sending up the distress signal. Enemies. Sorry, I thought you said we got to get on that boat. A little about my past, and you'll see him kind of mess with his left arm and like pulling the bandages off of it under his gauntlet and he shows you the same mark okay so they're old friends of yours or they're enemies they were the slavers that ripped the gems from my body that killed my mental mm. friends of yours or enemies cousins brother roommates okay anything else we should know about them before you... they were <laughs> Not that. They never paid their share. I had. Uh, that hurts because I had that happen to me in college. That was not fun. Hey, uh, Mikey, can I make a roll to see if that symbol means anything to me? Go for it. All right, and I am going to use knowledge from a past life on this. This is my my uh, racial ability I get for being reborn. Damn, let's go. All right, so that is a 17 grand total. Holy crap. So, Endymion. Yeah. As as you're continuously to look between the symbol on the flag and on Tydex's arm, just follow this train of thought real quick. Yep. The synapses in your brain start to fire, and it seems that whatever it is that you're thinking, a fog clears through there, and a connection is made. You don't know exactly how you know this information, or remember why you know this, but you notice that the mark on Tidak's arm and the mark on the ship is the family crest of the Rajani family. All right. You, you dealt with the Rajani family? It, it's not so much dealt as in tortured and almost put to death because of them. I don't know if you, you do see like all the scars on me, right? That, that They're the reason I'm scarred like Oh. It's not because I was in the arena. They're the reason. That's that sucks. I'm sorry. I want them dead. They're, they're, my only goal in life is to make them pay for what they did to me and my family, what they did to my mentor. I I don't know what's going to happen while we're out, but I'm sure I will lose my senses. I'm not going to be able to keep a straight head. Neither are they. Honey. Get it? Because I'll just go stand over there. So, I'll make new friends. I guess we're making new friends today, boys. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, do all of you guys make your way to shore? Might as well. Like I said, Captain ordered it. Investigate the distress signal. All righty. So, as you guys make your way onto shore, are able to see that... From the deck of the Voyager, 
perspective changes once you get more on land with your feet on the ground. And that the ship in size is the same size, if not a little bit larger than the Voyager itself. And as you look at the scene in front of you, you see a small little fire about 10 feet away from the ship, just billowing with embers and smoke. And faintly behind it, you see that part of the hull of the ship that has been beached onto the shore has broken apart and creating a hole inside it where it seems like you can go inside should you choose. I immediately go inside looking for survivors. So you just run and take off? Without a thought. All right. What are the rest of you guys doing? I'm going to let them. He's going to look for survivors, so yeah. I'm going to inspect the area and keep an eye out. Wait, don't get uh, too far ahead. Alrighty, so go for it. Sorry. It, it is beached. It is, yeah, right? It is on the beach. Is there any kind of ladders to get to top deck? Netting or uh, something? Also, and when you say beached, do you mean beached or wrecked? That's uh, a good question, too. I don't want to say it's fully wrecked, but that's probably where it's leaning more so towards. It was it so it basically it's on the beach right now in more of a oh shit, the tide just slammed us into the this island and less hey fellas, let's take a little bit of shore leave. Correct. Gotcha. That's what I should have said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Why we ask questions. <laughs> Thank you for asking cuz it didn't cross my mind. I should have been more clear. Thanks. <laughs> yep. All righty. So, Corvus, to answer your question, yes, there looks to be rope ladders on the side. And then for you, Hugh, since you're taking a look around, please go ahead and give me, let's see, give me investigation, please. One of my best stats. That's cocked. <laughs> that is a three. It's not a one. It didn't roll in that one, but it's a three. What's your modifier to investigation? Plus one. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Technically <laughs> speaking, he's above average intelligence. Just saying. True. <laughs> All right. I let my lord take me where I need to go. I don't need to investigate too hard. God, take the wheel. Dagon, take the wheel. All right. <laughs> Put it on the wheel. <laughs> There's a birch idea right there. Dagon, take the wheel. <laughs> Yeah, no, Hugh, as you look around, like you said, you just let Dagon guide you. <laughs> I was going to say, knowing Lovecraft fans the world over, I'm surprised if... I would be surprised if it wasn't already a t-shirt. It's got to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's a beautiful uh, little place here. I probably could see a little hot village and maybe a lovely bar or something there with a tavern that would show drinks with little umbrellas in them and just be a beautiful place to take a, a vacation. It sounds point. very lovely. Sounds it wouldn't it, though? Yes. So what you're telling me is Hugh is looking to turn this into a resort. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I am not going. I am not the one to build that kind of resort. Uh, but I would partake of its wonderfulness afterwards. <laughs> My gosh. Put that down for later. Make a resort. <laughs> also, All right. can I climb? Can I go top deck of the crashed uh, ship there? Yes, I will say that you, you begin your climb up the top of the ship. Yay. So, so, for the rest of you on the beach, 
you guys, where are you going to go? And Tydak just ran straight for the hole into the ship, and Corvus start climbing up the side. Alright, so... Wait, that was... Slow down! Alright, so Hugh, you are following... No? No. I'm watching Corvus go. I'm, I'm keeping an eye down here. Okay. Darylin, you were chasing after Tydag, it sounded like. Alright, Indivian? I'll, I'll head after... I'll head after Corvus, I guess, if Tydak's taken care of. I'm not going to run after him. I'm just going to be like, God, like, what? Guys, calm down. Everyone's so excited to be getting on another ship. We just got off one. I, I think it makes you sick in a different way. Makes you sick on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. All right, let's see. Yay, we're splitting the party. I'm so excited, you guys. Remember, <laughs> split the party. Fuck. <laughs> we all die. I, I promise it won't be bad. All right, let's see. All right, it is even. So we are going to start with Endymion and Corvus. <laughs> all right. So, so Corvus, as you finish climbing your way to the top of the deck, for the most part, there's nothing really out of the ordinary. It's just like a typical deck of a ship though you do notice that as you look around on the other side and even behind you on the railings of the ship are similar markings to the flag the Rajani family crest and you can see it in sporadic places all over the deck as well question yes do you have to have you don't have to have like knowledge is trained in terms of trying to see like use like a history or some kind of like knowledge checks or intelligence checks so i can see like any kind of history behind the markings not just like who, who who's represented by it but like what they're known for and what they do as like pirates does that make mm. sense am i explaining that weird no you like, know what, what? Would I use, no. like, insight or, like I said, a history to know of, like, them? Here's what I'm going to rule it as. So, without giving too much away, given your story, given your backstory, and given what your family does for a living, they tend mm -hmm. to travel from place to place, especially if they're world-renowned. So, mm -hmm. probably on one of these travels, you can make a history check to see how much of you learned through your travels with your parents. Okay. Wow, I got... No, stick with me here. I got the mightiest six you have <laughs> ever seen. Lovely. All right, so Corvus, as you take a look at the markings, definitely they belong to the Rajani family. But as you were traveling with your parents, you were more focused on the flavors and the sights of the cities that you really didn't pay much to attention to any of the local histories or the rumors on your travels. You may have heard a little bit. So what you do know about the Rajanis is there's some sort of royal family, but as far as where, to what extent, and what kind of business they are into, you have no clue. Okay. Nothing about this mark is interesting. Let's say you. Do you have any connections? It's Endymion who came up with me, right? Yes. Yep. At this point, Endymion's kind of just finishes climbing up. Yeah, and when he comes up, I'm like, does this mean anything to you? Any of these 
the symbol. I know it's, I know it's the family, but I don't really know much about them, except for what Tydak just told us. Evidently, mm-hmm. they, they trade in people, which seems shady to say the least, because people aren't things. Yeah, no, people aren't things. No, they're not. <sighs> okay, I guess we probably should make our way below deck, start from the top, and see if we can find anything. Digging away downtown, walking. Dang it. <laughs> Alrighty. So the two of you are going to make your way below deck, I'm assuming? Yep. Down. Okay. We're going to cut the camera a little bit. So simultaneously as that is happening, Tydak, you make your way through the hull in the ship, and you find yourself at the most lowest part of the deck so think about it you're at the very bottom of it usually where supplies and things like that on a ship would be kept similar to where chandri keeps all of the voyager supplies the hold the hold supplies oh boy here we go so as you make your way through excuse me instead of seeing what you would normally see crates of goods burlap sacks full of spices fruit, things like that, that there are definitely burlap sacks, but they are filled to the brim with iron kind of rings that look small enough to be put on a creature's hands, as well as similar a similar iron-looking ring big enough to be put on someone's neck. And as you take a look at the hole, you see a variety of cages Some look newer than others, varying in different sizes and lengths, and some more rusted. And as you continue to take in the scene too, in some of these cages, you smell the faint metallic scent of blood seeping off, mixed in with the rustiness of the metals in the hold. And as you're taking in the scene, you are reminded of the things that the Rajani family is known for, and in particular, the things that they did to you while you were underneath their thumb. So flashbacks are going through. Essentially, yes. Fun. So as you're standing there, your mind goes away to a little bit, and a a memory comes up in your mind as you're taking in this scene. You're back at the arena that you once called a home and at this particular moment from the distance you hear the sounds of a what seems to be like a trumpeting elephant kind of making noises like when elephants make noises with their trunk exactly so you hear a cacophony of that noise but instead of the more triumphant sound it's trumpeting of pain and of distress as well as a horrifying screech of a high-pitched scream and you remember you find yourself outside in your cage hand to your head heavy breathing shaking all over you remember this quite clearly this is the memory that the Rajani decided to test your mentor and put him to death in the arena. That was a heavy day. 
I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm looking through his backstory to find this that part of the story. Hold on. Found it. This was the day his my mentor was put against four bugbears and bassins. Child's play. <laughs> Not for someone who is old and an old fighter. <laughs> like old, old. Yeah. So yeah. So st- still in the flashback, as you continue to hear the screams of your Loxodon mentor and the screams of these creatures after a little bit it grows eerily silent and as you try to process what exactly it is of what you heard a figure approaches your cage in fact two figures as you look up you happen to see two kind of caramel skinned individuals a young man dressed in all kinds of furs and piercings and the second individual is a female kind of dressed in similar furs and piercings so give me a sec and essentially they this is what they look like they're caramel skin different markings all over furs things like that piercings all over the place and you my friend know these as the Rajani twins the ones are who are in charge of the fighting ring, the arena that you're being held at, and they are your captors. I'll never forgive you for what you've done. The female figure kind of gets closer to the cage, puts her hand through and grabs your chin and says, Oh, sweetie, forgiveness was something that we never wanted from you. This is what happens when you disobey toys need to be broken once in a while and throws your chin back a little bit as she reaches her hand out of the cage Will was did deserve this break me <laughs> not him oh why do you think we did this I thought he would last a lot longer but I did get some good results from this little experiment now that I have the information I need to see how you will fare. Rest up, my little subject. Things are gonna get interesting. And with that, the flashback ends and you're back inside the hall. At this point, Darylid, you ca- you catch up to Tydak, and as you are on the precipice of the entryway into the hold, you just see Tydak there still in his own little world for a little bit and as you take in the sights around you you see all the similar things that he did the cages the cuffs the collars the smell of blood and rust in the air and Tydek just just standing there hey come on we're separated from the group what's going on you just ran in here sorry uh I, I got distracted what were we doing again that's right. Let's go. We gotta make our way up deck. Corvus and Endy, they went up top, so, so if we will meet them in the middle sometime before anybody you know, sneaks up on us or something. Being at this ship similar to the one that I was brought on, way up's this way. Alright, you lead the way. Alright, so you guys start making your way up to upstairs. <laughs> As we pass the, the, ca- the, the last cage before going up the steps... You just see, like on a fence post, his hand just 
drag across it. Alrighty. So the two of you begin to make your way upstairs. Alright. Hugh! <laughs> You're just chilling on the beach. <laughs> I was watching to make sure Corvus got up okay, but yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, at this point, you've seen both. You've seen everyone enter where they were going. So Tydak and Darlin are inside the hole, and then you see Endymion finally climb his way up and over to the top of the deck. As you are taking in the sight, you hear something. You hear a rustling of bushes coming from the kind of palm tree floral area of the island. You hear something rustling. I can't see what's there. I just see, do I see any like vegetation moving or anything else? Other than like bushes moving as if something were walking through them. Nothing, no vines moving, no flowers are getting bigger, coming to life, that kind of thing. Okay. I'm going to keep my eye where I heard that sound. I'm going to start edging toward the hole in the bottom of the boat just to get some cover if I need to, but keep being. All right, so you make your way to the hole, you said? (laughs) Yeah, I'm making my way toward the hole. Okay. I am going into the depths of the ship to make sure that the hold is both dark and also dank. Dang it. <laughs> Alrighty. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that area. I want to see if anything pops out as I do. Okay. As you continue to keep watch, essentially, you don't nest For a few brief moments, it doesn't seem like anything out of the ordinary is happening. But then, after a few moments, you start to see a few figures make their way out of the vegetation. You see a very battered and a very tall, kind of like battered human male figure dressed in kind of ornate clothing a little bit with a bandana, a petticoat, typical stuff you that you would see like some a captain of a ship would be dressed in. And alongside him are two light brown canine looking animals. Do I recognize what the animals are? <laughs> Given the fact that you are one with nature and just from the teachings of Dagon, this isn't really going to be a secret, but these two canine look creatures, you recognize them as blink dogs. Wonderful. As we used to call them back in our days, poof dogs. As they go poof and they do <laughs> not boof. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> but they also go oof. I was going to say, that phrase is awfully close to being a slur in Australia. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying the slur. I'm saying the actual double O of poof. No. Like the not the other one, which has a slightly harder sound, which yes. I will not say right now. We shall not. It's, I'm going to... Do they see me, or am I, do I get into the darkness enough that they can't see where I am by the time they merge? I'm just trying to keep an eye on them. Nah, they don't see you. Perfect. I'm going to hide, like, just inside the hole and keep an eye on them. Okay. Alrighty. I wish I had message. I wish I had a bunch of things right now, but no, I don't. Oh, somebody <laughs> has to decide to play a warlock. No, I'm playing <laughs> a druid, actually. A I'm playing druid. A druid. Then, Mikey, you Same should different. send me a new overlay that's updated with the character's actual class. I did. A while ago. <laughs> Alright, well then, then I should find that and use it for the next time. Because I forgot this time. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. It doesn't matter. Pro, pro <laughs> it doesn't stream, matter. It's pro streams, bro. Yeah. 
Okay. It's okay. To be fair, I sent you like 50 different overlays over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I'm just trying to be right. helpful. <laughs> You're nothing if not thorough. <laughs> I personally, I prefer Emerson. Uh, wow. Oh, and that was the most sophisticated dad joke I have ever made. <laughs> All right, stream's done, guys. Good night. That's it. That's stre <laughs> streaming is done. That joke just ended streaming as a concept. No more streams. It got, it's... it got very frosty in here. It just It's very hard to... Alrighty. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, Pew, you're in the... You are one with the shadows and just watching... Envelop me, all of the darkness of the Underdeep. Allow mm. me not to be inky at the shadows. Okay. Alrighty. We're gonna cut the camera. <laughs> it's so dark in here now. <laughs> be like, hold on, where'd he go? <laughs> Alright, so the camera kind of... The camera pans into the middle of the ship. So, through the magic of plot, Endymion and Corvus, you guys make your way down while simultaneously Darlin and Tidak, you guys are making your way up and from across <laughs> on opposing sides of said stairways you guys see each other. <laughs> like the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing yeah. at each other. Oh, I love you guys so much. Good, you're not dead. Yeah, you got a hell of a pair of legs. You ran really fast. Yeah. Sorry, find dude. anything any did you find anything interesting down there? Nothing at all. Oh, bracelets and necklaces. Bracelets and necklaces. And more dogs. <laughs> what is it with dogs on ships right now? Is, is that a thing I missed? Is that the is that the trend? I, I don't stay up on fashion. Yeah, well, we're not doing cats in this world, it's all dogs. <sighs> and there are no dogs in see there are no cats in the D and D and the streets are paved with cheese. We'll be here all week, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. You're you're just like he doesn't leave. Mm. Oh boy. That that's almost accurate actually. <laughs> we saw you get a very important phone call and then get some some food, I'm assuming. Yep. Alrighty. So yeah, so the four of you meet back up. And Darylin mentions these wrist. Did you just, now that I'm thinking back on it, did you describe them as necklaces and wristbands? Yeah, he did. Bracelets and necklaces. Oh yeah. my gosh. Were they at least shiny? They like... weren't the fanciest things, but like people have different styles. I don't know. Some uh, people are into that kind of restraint. Some people are just unrestrained. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I figure this is a shipment vessel, and they're just catering some jewelry for some merchants. I don't know what. You oh my god! Innocent child. Darlin is the biggest himbo, and I love him. <laughs> if we've got the himbo, we need the Mary Sue. Please no. <laughs> Himbo's her days. Okay. Oh, you poor baby. <laughs> Are you talking about collars and shackles? Is that what your people yes. call? What do you mean by your people? Oh, later. People. This is not where it's supposed to go. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no. Okay. Your uh, people. Yes, and your people. culture. Yes. Okay. Besides my people. I say we should check out the captain's court. Maybe there's something important there. My little goblin mind. That's what I figured we could do. 
Go to the heart of the ship. Yugi. No! <laughs> You're just a second-rate ship using a third-rate crew. <laughs> wow. I hit real deep. That oh. hit deep. Ooh. It unlocked something in my brain. <laughs> that, that burns, man. It burns. Uh, Sizzle. So, Corvus, after that sick burn, you want to go to the captain's quarters? Yes. Okay. It's a nice and captain-y. I'm not going to make you investigate it because it's pretty... Even though the ship is very long, there's not... For, for whatever reason, there's not really a lot of rooms on this middle level. So, you easily find it. I'm sorry, you mean to tell me that the, these long, oared ships that are famously owned by a family of human traffickers don't have a lot of rooms? That's shocking! Accommodations are spartan. Please, Will, you don't have to call me out like that. <laughs> Excuse but, me while I go cry in the corner. No, no, no. it's one of those things, like, if you, the way you're describing it, like, the way my brain immediately goes to, like, Ben-Hur. So, yeah, it's, yeah there's not going to be a lot of rooms, because they don't give a fuck. Then I'm doing my job correctly. I don't know if I should be... Door. You were accidentally historically accurate. Or maybe intentionally historically accurate. I'm proud that I was historically accurate, but I don't know if I should be proud of the fact that we're talking. Never mind. That's a different discussion for a later time. <laughs> I'm trying my best here. Okay. <clears throat> Corvus, you find the captain's quarters. Yes. Door is closed. And as you approach it, you hear some rustling coming from behind it. I'm going to immediately take out my longbow and arrow notched. Can never be too sure All right, what's that, on the opposite side of that door. That's a hydrate from JC. I need to go get actually go get my bottle of water. Yo, facts. I forgot to get water. Joke's on you. I'm gonna choose to dehydrate. You're gonna dehydrate. I'm gonna dehydrate. All right. Okay. We will take a quick break as I go get this water bottle, and then we'll continue with the actions right after these sponsored messages. Have you ever felt like you are balding? <laughs> Well, with these few easy steps, you too cannot be bald. Just apply head on, and you too will not have headaches. I know I was going with the hair thing, but I just remembered the head on thing right now, and I love that. <laughs> I like that short. <laughs> no special body, but I will love it. Speaking of dehydrating, there's this thing in 3.5 you can do by expelling all the wa water out of somebody's body. Yes, please. I I just forgot the name of the big word for it. Is it like desiccate or something like that? I didn't start in 3.5. I started in uh, 5. To my knowledge, the best one who would have that would be Will, since I believe he started 3.5. Oh, I think John too, huh? Yeah. Did you know that, Michael? I... What? In 3.5, there's a spell that you could take as a wizard that basically expels all the water out of your body. I heard about it. <laughs> it's really cool. Actually, You're yeah. Just like... Yeah, Will's the one who hey, told me about it. I have to be to bed soon since I need to be up early for my dentist appointment. I need Guys, tonight's stream is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> have you ever felt like you didn't have enough space? Well, turn it into a square. John, I'd rather not support those Doritos right now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> What's going on with the labor strike going on? Probably not the best of ideas. Oh. There was someone oh, on a Frito-Lay line that I had to 
basically someone died on the line and they kept them working and it's been now there's a strike going on because of uh, unsafe work conditions in Frito-Lay factories. Oh, that's not good. Probably good. <laughs> Dang it. And that is why we are sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> Wait, we're sponsored by Squarespace? I wish. This, this, this is my stream and I don't know what we're sponsored by? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you have an idea that no one cares about? Pay lots of money a month to put up a website that only three people will go to. We have a store function now. There goes our sponsorship. <laughs> uh, okay. This all is right. on, this is on Twitch. Our actual sponsor is Audible. Yo, that'd be facts though. Casper <laughs> mattresses. I have heard way too many podcasts that are sponsored by Casper mattresses. Hey man, it's a soft bed. Ooh, someone has one. Tell us about your experience. Not just kidding. It it it's it's crap. There goes that sponsorship. This is the Anyways. honest reviews with JC. All right, let's get back. We're, we're, ju we're just losing all sponsorships, and I'm over here on TikTok picking fights with racists, and so we're losing more followers that way. But that's all right. Those are followers that we don't want. Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm like... Maniac, like, theme song of dissing sponsors. <laughs> and Nike and Pepsi and Mountain Dew, too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and by the way, fuck PepsiCo. Indeed. Owner of Doritos. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? I th from now on, what what we need to so, I really wish we could have inspired someone to clip that. Hey, Ocean, fuck you. Because because <laughs> I would love to get that as a sound clip, so that we can just play it <laughs> like so that, so that I can make it a button here, so that if people like redeem five hundred channel points, you just get a sound clip like, hey, Ocean, fuck you. <laughs> uh you can do that with the playback. You can clip your playback. I could do that. Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> hey, Ocean, fuck you. Fuck you. You. We have to make this canon. We have to. <laughs> if you're gonna have that at the same time, there needs to be a gift that pops up of you like kicking some water at the ocean or something <laughs> like that. No, the, the image that we need to get is a gif of the that episode of the Adventures of Pete and Pete when they're mm -hmm. talking about the end of summer vacation when Little Pete and Artie, the strongest man in the world, uh, went down to the ocean, to, went, went down to the beach to beat up the ocean. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love every, it. <laughs> every summer, the end of vacation, my little brother Pete and his personal superhero, the Artie, the strongest Artie, man in the world, would go down to the beach and beat up the ocean. They don't hate Again. the ocean, they're just upset at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the summer. And they feel that the ocean is a proper metaphor for that. And so, they beat it up. <laughs> oh, boy. You unlocked a memory. All right, one more sidebar, <laughs> and then we'll get back to the action. So, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I don't know how this is going to work, but the inner 90s child in me was super happy when I saw that they're bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> Yeah, but for adults, I was just like, oh, okay. So first of all, good because from what I hear, that game show fucking traumatized the kids that were on it, physically, <laughs> mentally, and emotionally. You know how the kids always jumped out of their skin whenever the temple, when the <laughs> temple guards showed up. That's because the kids like, because there were so many places for them to hide in that thing. The kids never knew they were running into that like tweaked out on anxiety of like yep. where they're gonna be, where they're gonna be, where they're gonna be, where they're gonna be, and just boom! And as soon as it happened, just threw their own skin. 
And evidently, you know how every time you're watching it, you're staring at the shrine of the silver monkey, and everyone's mm-hmm. going like, "You idiot! That's the torso!" No, it's like, "You idiot! That's the torso! Don't do the torso!" Like, ah, the adrenaline's going, and evidently, like in like from the camera's perspective, it's fairly obvious, but like up close, the two pieces are pretty similar. So that's yeah, why the kids. From the back, when they look at them from the back, when they're supposed to be in, they look at the same piece. Like, they're not, you can't tell at all, because it's not facing the kids, so they can actually see it. Yeah. I was one of those sad kids that mapped out every temple they had and figured out if I ever went on it, I could probably do it. I still have the drawing somewhere where I know where all the stuff is. Oh my god, what a loser. (laughs) Excuse you? I did that for guts. Oh, nice. Okay, let's get back, because this is a... A power walking up. The aggro crag. John, I found our first topic for the after show or the podcast that we want to do. That's the first yeah. topic. 90s yeah. Nickelodeon game shows. Or 90s game shows in general for kids. What would you do? Oh. <laughs> All right. Hide in the face by Mark Summers. Okay. But no, we'll get back to the action. We'll talk about this later. And I'm hiding, and I'm hiding, and I'm hiding. Corvus, you have knocked an arrow. And oh my gosh, I love every, it. <laughs> every summer, the end of vacation, my little brother Pete and his personal superhero, the Artie, the Artie, strongest man in the world, would go down to the beach and beat up the ocean. They don't hate Again. the ocean; they're just upset at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the summer, and they feel that the ocean is a proper metaphor for that. And so, they beat it up. Oh boy. You unlocked a memory. All right, one more sidebar, and then we'll get back to the action. So I was scrolling through Facebook, right? And I don't know how this is going to work, but the inner 90s child in me was super happy when I saw that they're bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> yeah. But for adults, I was just like... Oh, okay, so first of all, good, because from what I hear, that game show fucking traumatized the kids that were on it. Physically, <laughs> mentally, and emotionally. Like, you know how the kids always jumped out of their skin whenever the temple guards... When the temple, guard <laughs> when the temple guards showed up? That's because the kids, like... Because gen- the, there were so many places for them to hide in that thing, the kids never knew. They were running into that, like, tweaked out on anxiety of, like, yep. where are they going to be? 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 And just, like, boom! And as soon as it happened, just through their own skin. And evidently, you know how every time you're watching it, you're staring at the shrine of the silver monkey, and everyone's mm-hmm. going, "You idiot! That's the torso!" No, it's like, "You idiot! That's the torso! Don't do the torso!" Like, ah. Right? Freaking yeah. out because the, the adrenaline's going. And evidently, like in like from the camera's perspective, it's fairly obvious. But like up close, the two pieces are pretty similar. So that's yeah. why the kids. From the back, when they look at them from the back, when they're supposed to be in, they look at the same piece. Like, they're not, you can't tell at all, because it's not facing the kids, so they can actually see it. Yeah. I was one of those sad kids that mapped out every temple they had and figured out if I ever went on it, I could probably do it. I still have the drawing somewhere where I know where all the stuff is. Oh my god, what a loser. (laughs) Excuse you? I did that for guts. Oh, nice. Okay, let's get back, because this is a... A power walking up. The aggro crag. John, I found our first topic for the after show or the oh, yeah. episode, uh, the podcast that we want to do. That's the first yeah. topic. 90s yeah. Nickelodeon game shows. Or 90s game shows in general for kids. What would you do? Oh. Alrighty. Hide in the Face by Mark Summers. Okay, 
No, we'll get back to the action. We'll talk about this later. And I'm hiding, and I'm hiding, and I'm hiding. Corvus, you have knocked an arrow, and it's like... I'm going to call over my, my companions and friends over. Hey, uh, I think I got something uh, hiding behind this door. You say that as loud as you did? <laughs> yeah, where are they going to come out? Oh my the door God. that I'm in front of? Oh, it'll hurt my head. Um, with that, I would like to walk over there and, like, just palm Corvus's head and pick him up and move him five feet. So Can that I when... just, like, ragdoll so when he picks me up, I'm just like... <laughs> so that when whoever's behind that door tries to open it, instead of little goblin Corvus, they see big fuck-off sailor asshole crewman longshoreman Endymion. That's a lot of words. I mean, if Corvus consents to it, sure, why not? Unfortunately. Cool. What do you mean, unfortunately? You could say no, but you said yes, so we're going to go with this. Well, you could ragdoll, or I could pick you and just kick me in the shins while, as I do. It's like, all right, fine. No, I'm just going to just gonna play nice. You just... Yeah. So, Jimmy, you're in front of the door now. I, I'm going to wait for someone to try to come out of the door after that being said. Do I hear anything on the other side of it? As you are close to the door, you hear the same rustling that Corvus did. But after this brief exchange of him yelling that, what's someone going to do? Open the door. You just hear the rustling grow more intense and violent to behind it. Like things are being knocked over. All right. All right. This is getting, this is getting ridiculous. I'm going to bite his leg. Hurry up and open the door. Open it. Open the door. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I am not going to open the door. This is actually a perfect opportunity to do the one thing that every last Dungeons & Dragons player has ever done when presented with this opportunity. And you know what? It's not something I've ever gotten to do because I've always played casters and I always played the more reserved characters. I am going to kick in the door. Girl, go, girl. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, as a, as someone who's currently playing a Goliath fighter, it is the most magical thing you can ever do. Yeah. <laughs> is look in the door. Literally kicking in the door. All right, so you violently kick the door. Do you want me to roll strength, or do you want to just say it happens? You know what? Let's see how funny this can be. So oh, no. roll the, <laughs> roll the, the greatest seat. enemy of everyone in D&D. The door. The door. The no. door. All right, so is this going to be just a general strength check, or is this going to be athletics? Strength. (laughs) Just general strength? Okay. Yeah. Knock, knock, who's there? Carolyn's like... (laughs) You're just like, oh. That's a 16. It's a door, so yeah, it had it. (laughs) Yeah, you meet it, so describe how you knock the door down. Do I knock it off its hinges? Do I break it? Do I just make it open or dramatically? I would say with enough force, you kick it open. It's still on the hinges, but yeah, you basically kicked it open, maybe bent a hinge so that it's not going to close. Yeah, it's not going to close properly. You just hear from outside, not my door. (laughs) That was one of the dogs. My cabbages. So yeah, you kick in the door. And what do I see? All right. So... The captain's quarters is somewhat, it's not very big. It's big enough to hold maybe two, three people at a time. It's lined with shelves of books, the desk in the middle. But off in a little corner, 
two figures. The first is a very fish-like individual, kind of like scales. Oh, jeez. Wow, that's an actual card. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> that whole, it's so cool because that whole, that whole like set is all D&D &D stuff. Yep. It's so <laughs> cool. Kick in the door. <laughs> I, I don't even play Magic the Gathering anymore, and I had to buy a box of these because they were at the store, and they were super good. Why? Not like a box. I got one of the pre-release kit things. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So very fun. nice. But yes, so the first figure that you see in Divion is a very fish-like creature with web fingers, web toes, very fish-like fins protruding from the back to the top, giving it a mohawk, but instead of hair, it's fins, as well as kind of dorsal fins on its arms a little bit. And the second figure that you see next to it is a very charcoal-colored skinned man that is bruised and battered with some bandages wrapped around his head and his arm just laying there passed out a little bit and let me see given your experience yeah actually that's what you see a fish like person the very medium height a little bit and a charcoal skin man in bandages unconscious on the floor hi guys I'm just imagining oh. Daryl popping his head in and be like, "What's up, guys?" Do they do, do they? What's their reaction to me kicking in the door? Just deer in the headlights, or what are they doing? The charcoal skin man is unconscious and bandaged, so he doesn't really have a reaction. But the fish-like person in front of you, as soon as you kick in the door and enter and look at these two, in his eyes, in its eyes, fear take over as it just gets low and backs in front of the Goliath and it starts to speak to you. So the four of you that are here, do any of you speak Aquin? I don't. <laughs> nope. Excellent. <laughs> He's like, I do. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, you don't? No. Damn. This is I put Alkin instead. Damn, this is going to be a rough campaign. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You'll be fine. But yeah, it starts to speak Aquin to you, but it, you don't understand what it's saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a whale noise. <laughs> it's more like bubbles. <laughs> it is not Zoyber. <laughs> what have I done? You speak bubble? Kind of poking my head under it. So basically, armpit. I'm like, sorry about my friend there. Oh, yeah, no, they changed that show time to Tuesdays. Wait, what? <laughs> it's because you gargled and I was, like, responding if I knew awkward. <laughs> I'll okay. just, I'll see you guys later. I gotta <laughs> go see my doctors at my dentist. Okay, so back to, so Daryl, you're just like, so go ahead and so you speak to this creature, correct? <laughs> Yeah, just kind of, not in Auckland, just in common. Just poke my head under uh, my friend's <laughs> elbow there. And, oh, hey, sorry about my buddy here. He got a little excited. Uh, I, I see your friends pass out on the floor there. Do you wait, see wait, the wait, fish wait. playing as Ned Flanders the dwarf? Oh, please. <laughs> sorry. Why is this the best thing ever? <laughs> well, my bar Barbarino here. Stupid, oh, sexy Darylin. <laughs> 
Nothing at all. <laughs> He's the cleric. Alrighty. Let me catch my breath. Okay. So, yeah. So, you see this fish-like creature still a little fearful, but it starts to relax a little bit, and it starts to stand up a little bit, still with its guard in front of the unconscious man on the floor. Tydak, you are in this room, correct? I should be, correct. Okay. So, I will say for all intents and purposes, you are the last person to make your way into this room. As you enter your room and you take the sight of the fish person, that's not what catches your interest. What catches your interest is the charcoal-skinned man, colored man, laying on the floor unconscious. You, my dear Dragonborn, Gem Dragonborn, you know this man. In fact, you know him very well from your time in the arena in front of you laid out unconscious on the floor in band-aids is Guthrie the Goliath that had your back in the arena just a little more worse for wear than you last remember so Ty's gonna run to his aid and see if he can wake him up since I since if I remember correctly he's knocked out okay as you rush your way to as you rush your way to Guthrie the fish-like creature attempts to keep you from getting to him. I just push the, fish, the creature away. Alrighty. I don't know it. So that is true. Alright. Just hold it in the forehead. Just right. I keep it away from you. Just gunk. Alrighty. So as you do that, this fish-like creature gets agitated. <laughs> and then after a scream of awkward jumps on your back and tries to grapple and attempts to... Okay, the best way I could put it, it's like any of you, anyone watching in the audience and for my players, if you are familiar with so Samoa Joe, this fish-like creature is essentially doing a coquina clutch, which is getting you from behind and trying to choke you out. A sleeper. A sleeper. Okay. But does it grapple, though? Hold up, let's double check. Oh no, he added he has baby oil on his body he forgot about. He's so that is an eighteen. <laughs> he's he's not as wet as my backpack then. Yeah. Apparently uh, like John said my backpack. So yeah, for someone on the surface it doesn't look like this fish like creature would be worth its weight in a fight. But as it jumps onto you and it gets you in this hold, you start to feel the air through your throat kind of start to diminish and it's starting to get harder to breathe. I guess I have to grappling so I need to fight it. Or at least get no. it off me. No, just let it just let it do its thing. It'll take its course and let go before <laughs> you even know I it. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> it's like stroking your hair like shh, shh. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it's just a guy so, in your ear. <laughs> I want to throw it off me if I can I mean, or try and get it off me at all. This is turning into the WWE version of D that I didn't know I wanted, but now I do. <laughs> Character and put one He's level funny. into Barbarian and one level into Bard. <laughs> Alright, so you're going to attempt to get it off me. Alright. Sorry, sorry, you mentioned something about uh, he's got baby oil on him. And so the ADHD took over, and I had to find out exactly what the name of the character from Street Fighter who uh, performs Turkish oil wrestling was. Oh my god! It's Hakan. Oh ah. my gosh. 
You tell me there's a Aquan Fish's name Hakan now? Sure. Actually, I prefer that was his name now. You don't now your characters don't know this, but us as people, we know this now. Let me just make sure I write <laughs> his name is now Hakan. <laughs> Alright, so you're gonna attempt to get Hakan off your back. Lovely. Go ahead and make me an athletics check, please. Go right in. Get in a fight with a fish person. What did you and get? Say what? And lose. What did you roll? Technically, it's a three. All right. Technically, it's a three. I smell a butt coming. And it's a net one. You have mine <laughs> and a four. We get, but I roll yeah, it. We, yeah, we got to play this sound for it. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> All right. And now he just pulls that Hakan bullshit. And just like you try to grab him and he's right up through your arms. Sorry, well, okay. I'm not the DM of this game. <laughs> All right. So this is what I'm going to do. This so is the problem of the forever DM, everybody, is right. you come up with this scene. And it's no, you don't. You All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I like it when my players describe their epic successes and their epic failures. So, Jace, I want you to narrate how Tydak critically fails trying to suplex this fish creature off of him and how it royally messes up. He goes to reach back to get some kind of hold on him, but it's just too slimy to, to get a hold and he keeps smacking himself in the back of the head as he's grabbing at the guy and just making it worse. It's like the equivalent of quit hitting yourself. <laughs> Corvus is gonna look at Endymion and be like, "Should we? Should we help him? Is he? Uh, he might. He, you know what? He got this. He's got this. <laughs> he knows what he is doing. It looks very professional. What was? Wasn't he the gladiator? He's a professional fighter. This might be his secret move. He's tricking the enemy into thinking he's harming himself. <laughs> I go to sleep. <laughs> Nappy time, as they call it, I think. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So, because you, <laughs> you're trying to do the cooking and clutch, go to sleep. And, and then, of course, this guy just slips out and gives you the go to sleep. <laughs> Except the up over the thing and knee to the head. <laughs> Epic. So, yeah, so Tidak, you're on the floor. I sleeping. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> you can tell we spend too much time on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Wow, I've never seen the sleep spell personified physically before. <laughs> I knew the components said somatic, but God, this is taking it to a next this, level. You know what it is? It's this is there needs to be a monk subclass that is basically the path of CM Punk. Yeah, just go yeah. to sleep. Cat, it's spend key Anaconda points and you get the sleep, sleep spell. There you go. Yeah, the anaconda device. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Tydex out cold on the floor, and this fish-like creature looks at the rest of you, still fear in its eyes, and gets a fighting stance ready. Spend, spend key points to captivate an audience with a pipe bomb. The fish guy and a Goliath that's in there as well? Yeah, the yeah. Goliath is passed out, though. Yeah, with bandages wrapped around it. As if someone was tending to the wounds, yeah. Aren't you gonna... You could... Do you need to touch somebody to use your healing magic? I always forget how to pronounce your name. Darlin. Darlin, thank you. Sorry. Uh, No, I've got a a healing word, but I like to 
get the attention first and I, I just want to call down a little sacred flame through the uh, ceiling oh, not directed Christ. at anybody oh but just my what and right the little like meteorite through not directed at Meteor. the fish. get everybody's attention and be like, it's like the equivalent of shooting a gun off in the crowd to be like, yeah. now that I have your attention. <laughs> but, <laughs> since, since it's, but since it's from God, it's like Ned Flanders just going, be diddly quiet. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> All right, yeah, so I'm just going to say you do it because that is epic. And so the fish creature and everyone, your compatriots, look at you with their full attention. And... With that, I'd like to go over and just kind of try to make a ease myself over to the down fellow on the floor and, and make a medicine check if I can and check him out and see uh, what's going on with it's used. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, so make me a medicine check. What seems Please. to be the problem here? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm a doctor. Uh, you, we're just uh, going to go through all Maryland. the Simpsons characters. <laughs> 23. Dang. All righty. Okay. He got a PhD. All righty. <laughs> it's worse. So, oh, boy. All right. So, Darylin, so as you're taking a look at the injuries and overall this person, the Goliath, there's a couple of things that stand out to you. So, the first, one of the biggest things that you notice is, is that there are a variety of scars across his body from both the torso and his arms and each scar is a different layering of time that has passed when it's healed some scars are fresher some look like they've been there for a while but you can tell that this individual has a history with physical pain and things like that you notice that at the bandages that while poorly applied, they are secure enough to patch up the little bleeding that is happening on the head and the arm. And you also notice that these bandages are slightly covered in slime a little bit, as if something slimy was responsible for putting the bandages on said uh, Goliath. He and oh, finally, the Goliath is breathing it's just very shallow and you can tell that his stamina is at very low and he's very weak at the moment uh, would I say that I don't know maybe there's somebody controlling him and the meta making death saving throws I will say it's more of the equivalent of it's like probably meta eating here is that he's pretty much on his last hit point Okay. It, you, your friend will be fine. He just needs a good nap. Like, we'll check on him again tomorrow. He just needs a good snoozerino. Oh, my gosh. Take a nappy nappy there. Needs a little siesta fiesta. Oh, my gosh. I just try to, uh, like, do charades and, like, friend. Good. And, like, he just needs a nap. All right, hold up. Let's see if this works. <laughs> Need some XYZs there. What the actual hell? <laughs> I kid you not. I rolled to see if the fish person understands it. I got a natural 20. Oh. He's on my team for charades, guys. <laughs> I am calling. So, <laughs> somehow, call it... Power of positivity. Power of positivity. 
You know what? That's what we're going to use. Just from the charisma and the happiness and the cool. joy that just radiates from you, Sterling, you're able to charade your way in getting this fish creature to understand. And it understands that you guys are not here to hurt it or the Goliath. And so it Man. just... Listen, you're on the ground <laughs> taking a nappy nap. <laughs> you're, you're like, no, you're not in this episode. <laughs> From chowder <laughs> he'll be oakley oh my god i can't this is beautiful so basically anyway. he just goes you don't you dare be sour oh uh, for your 10 time charade champion <clears throat> it's a new game yes it is <laughs> we're making you the new days appear as npcs in here oh oh yes oh, yeah, someone said someone send this to xavier woods we would love to have the new day as guests <laughs> Uh, he and I have some mutual friends, actually. Did, did I not tell you about this? No. Okay, okay hold so there is a... I'm actually... And I'm going to share the link in the uh, Twitch chat. Let's Ooh. see. The album was called The Nerdcore Emulation Station 2. It was compiled by my friend Emmanuel, who is also known in the nerdcore scene as 1UP. Okay, yes, I, now I remember. <laughs> now, yep, here we go. The Nerdcore Emulation Station 2. Now, I was on this album because, like I said, 1UP is a buddy of mine. And I'm putting the link right here in... There we go. Right there, in the band, in the, the Twitch thing. The intro to that album was done by Xavier Woods. And I have a verse on that album. Yo. Back, from, back in my Nerdcore days. Will's about to drop the hottest album of the year. <laughs> that album was dropped many years ago, and it's the link for it is in the Twitch. We're waiting for your return. <laughs> yeah, 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 keep waiting. Full of logic, you say you're retired, but then you come back. <laughs> I, was, I can play that on my phone. Hold on a second. Where's I know Cloth and Pop was in here earlier. So if, if you've ever been on my channel before and various times my friend Cloth and Pop has showed up, that's how I know Cloth is he's a nerdcore producer. He's a producer in general, but has a lot of connections in the nerdcore scene. So, yeah, that's what that is. Anyway. Lovely. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Alrighty, so yeah, so whatever forces it was, Darling, you were able to communicate properly, and this fish-like creature extends its little hand out to you, like, for to go for a handshake. Okay, and just kind of... Shocking uh, grasp. Y'all want to hurt my NPCs. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we want the NPCs to hurt him. <laughs> I fully expected it to be like Spider-Ham. His hands are just wet. Actually, that's how it is. So as soon as he lets go, Darylin, you kind of just look at your hands and it's just like wet. <laughs> I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, so at least for you, Darylin, you have gained the trust of said fish creature. And after releasing your hand that is now covered in its sliminess, it, the kind of relief begins to wash over this creature, but then it also turns to a, that relief turns into a uh, look of worry as this fish-like creature looks back at the Goliath and looks back at you, Darlin, essentially like the big old puppy dog eyes in his fish 
Well, I don't know. Can fish have puppy dye eyes? You know what I mean. So as if, if it's a dogfish. It's a dog. <laughs> as if asking you to help the Goliath needs a time, and then give him an old uh, a healing word. You'll be feeling better in no time at all. Just needs a nap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So healing word. How much do you heal? He gets down close. He just goes, "Diddly." Alrighty. So you heal. I swear to God, if in the next season of The Simpsons, Flanders doesn't refer to someone as a quarantine arena, I will be very upset. Oh mm. my gosh. <laughs> Hi, Diddly Ho there, quarantine arenos. Alright. So, yeah, so you heal the Goliath for eight, and the Goliath starts to come too. And after a few moments of composing itself, his eyes begin to open, and he takes a look around. There's a bit of apprehension on his face until he turns and sees the fish person just give him a very fishy smile. And exactly. <laughs> and standing over him, hands on my knees, going, there's a dragon <laughs> born on the floor next to him. Oh, yeah. Got... So the Goliath looks over and is just like, Tydek, is that you? And then slowly walk, so slowly crawls over to Tydak and then just wake up. Five more minutes. And in front of you is Guthrie, the Goliath that you knew from the arena. And he's just, he looks at you, and before he could say anything, he looks over the rest of you and says, You need to get out of here now. Guth, is it time to fight again? <laughs> And Guthrie kind of with hit, kind of pats your head, Tydak. In the same way, just like, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> Did I win, boss? <laughs> Did I get him? What, what Did a great job. What happened to you? Guthrie kind of looks at you, Endymion. Nothing good, I can tell you that. But I'd rather get somewhere safe before I tell you anything more. And since you seem to have Tydak with you, I think, feel like I can trust you, but let's get out of here. Well, we saw the main hole in the hull of the ship. Is there any other damage that you know of? Not, but I can. Not from what I remember. I do know that when we crashed, a lot of the cargo made a run for it in the jungle. Cargo doesn't run. When you're dealing with the Rajani family. Cargo and people synonymous with one another. If you think about it, running chickens is technically cargo. They can run. Yeah, but they don't run into the woods. They just run in circles. Is it can to? Uh, say what now? It's only when the chickens lose their heads. Oh, and to no. use. <laughs> they, they stop that... moving after that. Wait, it's a cargo oh, yeah. error. All right, yeah. I don't like these people. Trust me, brother, you're not the only one. And Guthrie kind of takes off the bandit that's on his arm. It's still bleeding a tiny bit, but you can see the same brand that is on the flag and on the ship, and as well as the mark that Tydak showed you back aboard the Voyager is the Rajani family crest. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) 
I made a stand. It all makes sense. It's all coming together. <laughs> I made a stand to make sure that the cargo escaped. I just hope that they're smart enough to get out of here. How many of the crew would be chasing after them? And who was the head of the crew? The person we really should be worried of, technically. And Guthrie just looks at you guys. Trust me. The crew may not have been large, maybe five, six people in the captain, but when you hold fear above an individual, fear tends to do a lot, make you submit to a lot. And if you fall out of line, and he take the kind of looks down at his own body full of the scars, you see what happens when you disobey. They gotta break the new toys in once in a while, according to them. We just leave them stranded on the island here with their captors. They're just going to catch them again. Maybe, but at least they have a fighting chance. Whereas before, and he, Guthrie kind of, his speech just drops off and dissipates. Guys, what do you think? I say <laughs> we should go find those guys, obviously. I also say we break their legs. At least. I second that. Give him a crown of gold, too. A what? A crown of gold. Why would you do that? I like that. That's like, why, why would you reward them for this shit? You don't reward them. You no, pour a boiling, no, no. a melted pot of gold on their head. That's not a crown, though. Uh, yeah, you could, yeah, I guess so. But you get the idea. Make it hurt. Make it a point. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm 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 lost. Sorry. What? Wait. What? We're supposed to give him a gold crown. That's no. Like we're not giving him money. No, we pour a melted pot of gold on their head. Okay. What does that have to do with a crown? We gotta hurt them. What like, does giving them a crown have to do with hurting them? Ah, uh, never mind. Let's just go find them. <sighs> Fucking fine. Whatever. Bad. Let's just go. I love you too. Alrighty. So yeah. So. You guys, along with Guthrie and the fish person, you guys make your way out back into the middle chamber. Are you guys going to go upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs? If we go down, yeah, if we go downstairs back to the hole in the hall, I might be able to fix it up and maybe we can have an extra boat. <laughs> We're making a flotilla. Alrighty. So you guys make your way downstairs. And as you make your way downstairs with Guthrie and this fish person <laughs> you know what just to make it easier at this point we'll just say that the fish person his name is officially now canonically known as hakan <laughs> so you four in tow with guthrie and hakan you guys make your way downstairs and next to the entryway of the hall you see Hugh just i am one with the chatos <laughs> peering up over or my is my back to them yeah and do we see him if he's trying to hide how, how good is he at it? You know what? Make me a stealth for you. <laughs> Alrighty. Do you want us to roll <laughs> perception or are you just going with passive perception? I'll go with passive. Alright. 18. Oh my god. Oh shit. I don't see him. None of you see him. <laughs> I, I don't think. So yeah, so. Do you want, the, are they behind me or do I see them? You see them coming, but they don't see you. <laughs> is the person that's still outside, like, circling around? I've been watching him this whole time. What has he been doing with the blink dogs? 
like ever so often he commands the blink dogs to go into the jungle and then they come back and then he walks to a different portion does the same thing but he's still i'll say about 20 25 feet away from the hole no okay these di- kind of the di- the dice have commanded that he does not see you <laughs> so i pop out of the darkness in front of the- i see them coming around i pop out hello you startled them. <laughs> yeah. be very quiet shut your mouths for a hot second, I thought you were going to go, be very quiet. I am hunting rabbits. <laughs> no, uh, but unfortunately, there is someone outside who is hunting in the jungle with uh, a couple of, um, I'm not remembering the word, uh, poof dogs. Um, they, they go blinking out, and they are uh, going back and forth, but they have not uh, seen me and don't know I am here. So be very quiet, and we may not be discovered. Can I go look? Can I, I'm going to go look at what the guy looks like. Alrighty. Just so my character knows what he's talking about. Alright, so Corvus, you stick your little head out. So, same thing as I described to Hugh earlier. Uh, This person has a bandana kind of wrapped around their head. So, this is a human male, caramel colored skin, uh, bandana, like an orange kind of captain's petticoat, the whole getup. And yeah, he is currently preoccupied with the blink dogs looking in the direction of the jungle waiting for the blink dogs to return does he have any like identifying insignia on his clothing at least like what articles of clothing i can see yes and i won't make you roll for it but as you continue to observe he does move around a little bit you notice that on the left side of his chest on his coat you see a medallion and i will just say for the sake of it so like when it comes to naval forces and things like that and the ranks and things like that this individual has the equivalent rank of a captain okay okay i'm gonna look at the rest of our party be like should we should oh should we grab him I'm going to slowly start reaching for my longbow on my back as they're talking. Okay. Uh-oh. I don't think think he's going to want to go talk to him. (laughs) Probably not. Should I go talk to them? So, you guys are seeing Tydak kind of longbow be like, getting ready. Wait, wait. just a moment. Are you trying to harm I know, are you trying to harm him? If you're going to go out there... Didn't say we were going outside. Just asking if you want to harm him and why. I'm going to harm him eventually. Very true. But you could have our help if we understand exactly why. Should I just aim for his knee? (laughs) You really aren't listening to me at all, are you? Or he does have a ranking of captain on his left chest. His left side of his chest. Fine, I'll wait here, you go deal with it. Because if I go out there, I'm not going to think right. Right, I have not mentioned of going out at all. I'm trying to understand what is going on. I've been down here watching him the whole time you guys were gone. I do not know. He's a... What? what? He's a slaver. He keeps people. I I was... A part, I'm one of the slaves that escaped from his master's hole. Oh, then that changes He's things. And, he, and literally, I turn around and I cast Entangle on him. 
<laughs> okay. Is there a save that I have to do? Yes, you have to make... Let me just get this up here again. Uh, you have oh to boy. make a strength save. Boy, okay. I'm actually grabbing stats now. Here we go. Strength save, you say, correct? Yes, and this is going to create difficult terrain 20 feet around him, but on him directly, he could be restrained. That is a 10. I'm assuming that fails. He is restrained. Oh, would that also include his dogs if they're near him? From what it's saying on here, it says that the spell must... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, a creature restrained by the plants, creature in the area where you cast a spell must succeed a, a strength saving spell. So it's a creature. It doesn't say multiple, but I don't know. <laughs> It would say the. It would say something about a target. It basically, if, if it says a creature in the area, it means it's mm. an area of effect spell and it affects every creature in the area. Okay, so if the dogs are there too within twenty feet, they can yeah. also be restrained if they fail, fail their strength saves. Um, yeah. Entangle. <laughs> I've used entangle a lot. Entangle is to druids what <laughs> fireball is to wizards. I and feel basically, that. my entangle is not like plants and weeds. It's literally like kelp and seaweed coming out of nowhere. Oh, that's okay. You're, you're damp and also tangled. I rolled for the dogs, and they got uh, 16 and 15. Uh, both of those save. Okay. But they so, are in, they're good they dogs, are Trent. To, but they're in difficult <laughs> terrain. Alrighty. So, yeah, you briefly described it, but give me the juicy details. What does Entangle for Hugh look like, and what does it do to our target? <laughs> so <sighs> Hugh just mumbles to himself for a second and grabs the top of his head, reaches down and touches his focus and pushes out and what happens is there's like a little shockwave from the bottom of the staff as there's a ripple through the ground and all of these like dark and weirdly like black and like deep emerald green kelp and like those bulbous seaweeds you see at like the seaside and stuff like they have the air bubbles in them all pop up and surround them like grabbing on like tentacles going in between arms on between things and wrapping up around the neck and just like basically mummifying him in a seaweed wrap which is nice. <laughs> and then every and 20 feet around him becomes a bog of that seaweed where you have to wade through it you can feel it, <laughs> uh, so it. People, oh, so people pay good money for that it's true it's true so he's essentially encased that's lovely <laughs> and it's and it stinks it's, it's low tide at the seaside got that smell of kelp oh. it is just overwhelming uh, it's hitting him right in the nose but before that's devoting his life to dagon he was a he was he owned a spa <laughs> why do you think i want to have a, a wonderful and beautiful resort oh. here on the, my seaweed wraps were well renowned I can see your skin is so glowing and uh Isn't it though? This is what I do uh, during the day when I am not uh, uh, fucking people up. Alrighty. He is now the one that is trapped. Enjoy. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, so he's trapped. The blink dogs miss it, but they see that their master is wrapped up and now they are aware (laughs) of that someone's there as the I have to ask this because I may need to retcon something did you say that it wraps around this person's mouth (laughs) yeah basically up to the neck of the mouth yeah okay he's he's not muffled he's restrained so it's not like he can spit it out of his mouth but it's not it doesn't silence him okay so as this seaweed wraps around him and the blink dogs are freaking out at to this now he's this dude is just yelling at the top of his legs. He's just like explicit as fuck. What the hell is this? And 
at that point, he just is like, all right. And at the top of his mugs, you just hear this individual yell, Akraman! And in addition to the two blink dogs, two more kind of come from the works and stare on your guys' direction. And they are looking for a fight. But that is for another time, as we're going to end our session right there tonight. <laughs> so oh, when man. we come back, you guys are going to be in a fight with this captain, should he get free, and his four blink dogs. That's it. I'm stabbing him in the kneecaps. <laughs> I figured I wanted to make it easier for all of you to kill. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so that went a lot of places that I didn't think we're going to. I know I said there was going to be some combat, but I really enjoyed that the RP overtook it because we got some great moments. <laughs> Especially in oh both stream. That was really cool. That was awesome. Yeah. So, like I said, we are going to end the session right there. To everyone that is watching, thank you guys for being here. It was a lot of fun. So, before we sign off for the night, we'll quickly go through everyone. If Tell them who you are and if you what future projects you got going on. So, we will start with you, Will. <laughs> if you're here, then you know me because you're, you're on my channel. I am Radio Free Will. I am actually doing theater stuff this week. Not like in not in person theater. It's still you know Zoom stuff. But uh, this coming weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I am going to be playing a couple of roles in the Bruce Partington Problem, a Sherlock Holmes adventure, in, as an audio drama over Zoom. I will share the link on uh, TikTok or maybe on here before the next time I stream. And I'm trying to think what else am I streaming? I'm not sure I have any plans to stream anything else this week because everything else is private. It's my private D&D game. It's the skirmish session for Exalted. It's, yeah, no, this is going to be a low stream week for me, except for being in that play. So don't that get me actually, wrong. I'm still busy <laughs> as fuck. It's forward facing. Yeah, it's more behind the scenes stuff than anything else. Oh, also uh, starting June 8th. August 8th, wow. time is real. Starting August 8th, uh, a lot of these shows are going to be moving over to Vampire Touch Entertainment, including the first, the, the relaunched Longshot Firing Range, where we are going to be returning to the world of I Hunt, a world that has a monster problem, and it's up to your job to hunt them with the help of an app where you get these jobs, a la Uber or Grubhub. For monsters. <laughs> for monsters. For hunting monsters. It is the Uber and Grubhub of hunting monsters. <laughs> because the real monster is capitalism. Alrighty. Oh man, I can't wait. I'm excited. Alrighty. Jace, what do you got going on? Reintroduce yourself. If you got anything to plug, go for it. There's really not much I have going on. Like I'm JC Vanguard from TikTok, but... There's really not much I've been going on. I haven't posted in over a month now. I haven't really had much time to do stuff because I've been working nonstop. I work seven days a week now, almost 12 hours a day. I don't have Yikes. time for it. Yikes. But for those of you watching, go follow this man if you haven't. He makes some great stuff. <laughs> I made great stuff. <laughs> well, it is great. Well, he, he will be making great stuff again because as several people have pointed out, September is only a month away. <laughs> Ooh. Now you have to. I'll think about it. <laughs> We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're going to do this. <laughs> if my scheduling if my schedule improves, I will repost thirst traps on TikTok. <laughs> there you go. One can 
Yes. All right. All right. Next up, John. <laughs> you can check out the end of campaign one of Improvised Weapons, which is the podcast that I'm on with a bunch of other cool, fun, funny people that are playing D&D for the first time. I play a dwarf cleric named Yarfik Stormhammer in that one. Uh, and otherwise, you can check me out in other streams or other places that uh, come up as they go. I'll be probably bugging Mikey to let me do other things. Who knows? <laughs> okay, not to give away too much, but John, so for those of you watching, John reached out to me with a brilliant idea, and I am totally in for it, but we shall see. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Mike C., what do you got going on? <laughs> so I, I don't have any projects really in hand i'm not a content creator i just get the privilege of playing with you guys but my my little soapbox thing will be that i'm a nurse i work in an emergency department and i i understand people some people have some reservations about going out and getting the vaccine but we are seeing covid pop up we have had it's not nine months ago we have had millions of people all over the world hundreds of millions of people go out and get this vaccine there is a very low risk of negative side effects and i do encourage people to go out and get vaccinated if you're not going to get vaccinated take these just simple precautions just to keep yourself and everybody around you safe just people that you're when you're out and about stay six feet away and wear a mask when you know you're in confined spaces and just take uh, practical measures wash your hands frequently and just be careful especially when you're going around to visit your elderly family or anybody that's susceptible it, it there's a lot of politics that have been brought into it and it's definitely muddled a lot of waters and the, the fact is a lot of people do go on and recover from it but we don't know the long-term side effects and there have been a lot of people that are not fortunate enough to have strong immune systems they do not recover from it and a lot of people have been dying from it so please just take that into consideration and just be careful so if i may since this is my channel and i can go ahead and make bold claims like this get your motherfucking vaccine if you're able to (laughs) I want to be able to go back to conventions someday soon, and I'm sure the rest of us do too. So please, for our sake, if you can, if you are medically able to, I understand that there are some people that have allergies and stuff like that. I know our own beloved moderator, Kitty and Krim, she has some allergies that keep prevent her from getting any of the vaccines on the market right now. And my own daughter's only just turned 12. She's just been able to get it. But... Conventions, everybody. <laughs> Conventions. Priorities. I'm, I'm more of a metal festival kind of thing, so yeah. That please. too. And metal festivals and fucking live fucking theater. Live theater. Yeah. <laughs> live fucking performance. I'm sorry, I can't do improv right now. I like. I got through like. I got through the opening weekend of the last play I was in before everything shut down. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was my mm-hmm. first musical since high school. Okay. Ah, anyway, yeah, so please, get your fucking vaccine. And on behalf of, and on behalf of me, Mike. You missed one. Oh, no, I'm not signing off yet. Okay. But on behalf of me, Mike, and this goes to everyone watching too, make sure you show some love to the nurses and the doctors who are on the front Mm -hmm. line of this thing. It's a tough job, and so they're doing a lot to keep 
us safe. Thank you, Mike, for your work and your service. It's much appreciated. Thank you. All right. And then after that great moment, Amador. <laughs> you got to follow that up, bud. <laughs> oh, I can't. I just exist. I don't do much, but I do get the awesome opportunity to do D&D with some lovely fucking people around me. So thank you for the experiences. Oh my goodness, anytime. And then finally, once again, my name is Mikey, a.k.a. Pop Culture Geek across all social medias. As far as other projects go, in two weeks, you will see me and a bunch of other cool creators continue Ordinary Kansas, our Monster of the Week campaign. Some shit has hit the fan. And yeah, so hopefully we'll see how that works. Stupid Will giving me emotional pain. <laughs> Ouchies. Well, okay, so I feel like this is a back-and-forth relationship. He gives me emotional pain, I give him emotional pain. Oh, yeah. As Game Masters and Dungeon Masters, it's part of our job. You're mutually sadistic. Right, of course. Sadomasochistic, honestly. (laughs) That's why we're friends, and I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So we're going to go raid somebody. I'm looking at uh, who's online right now, and... It looks like uh, the Tavern of Tales is playing D&D right now themselves. Let's send it on over to them. Any Anything else you want to add, Mikey? Yeah, you're the DM. The only other thing I have to add is for those of you who are watching, stay tuned. Our next session will be towards the end of August 29th. We're having a discussion behind the scenes to see if we can do that more. I'm happy with what we have so far, but yeah. Stay tuned because our party is about to get into a fight. So this should be fun. But (laughs) other than that, make sure you guys on internet land, take care of yourselves and take care of each other for Call of the Deep crew. This is Mikey signing off for the night. (laughs) All right, let's go raid Tavern and Tails. Raid, raid. Two, one. Raid now. The rest of that song. Yep. And then another song starts. And, um... Yep. Using <laughs> this is the other part of D&D. Oh my goodness. To do the same thing. Yo. That artwork is freaking awesome. As you're spinning, as you're yeah, it does. The they also have this little, like, plug-in where they, you can oh, see their health. You see Ranagar sitting in the corner. <laughs> what is Ranagar doing? That's cool. It's dope. I like her. Oh my gosh, I'm uh, so happy with how it turned out. She did, a such, she did such a great um, job. This, if you uh, Hell yeah. happen to notice huh. by his little glowing blue horn. I'm not going to lie. I'm, we still have the rest by. of this little you, adventure to go, but I think for the most part, I got what I wanted in terms of human trafficking out of the way. So you did a great job. I don't think you could handle that any better than you did. I kid you not. I spent the last two, three weeks going through it, rewriting it, making sure I word it in a way where it's one of those sensitive subjects, especially being a person of color, the history that comes behind, you know, human trafficking and slavery and things like that. So I'm like, this is part of a character's backstory, but how do I make it where I still get the gravity of the situation across, but try to make it in a way where it's not like layering in your face? Exactly. And I'm just like, I'm only this, this is only my second D- game as DM, you guys. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah. Mike, you, your rage quitting was perfect timing each time. Yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was at the perfect moments, too. It's just, just like, bam. No. The fact that we turned him into fantasy Ned Flanders just blows my so mind. So good. <laughs> so good. He is.